Thank you so much, Brandon. What an outstanding job you did this morning in leading us in songs. And what a great crowd to be singing this morning, giving praises to God. What a wonderful time of the year that we are in as we, you know, begin the uh, summer months. And, you know, three months ago or four months ago, we were all saying, well, when is the warm weather going to come? Well, it's here now. And, it's what, and if you've noticed outside yesterday morning or uh, spent some time out uh, yesterday evening, that's how gorgeous and wonderful it is. And that's the wonderful part about Idaho that I love so much is that, you know, the evenings are long, so you get a long day, and it's just, it's absolutely, absolutely wonderful that God blesses us so much. Listen, if you're visiting with us this morning, I know you've already been told this, but uh, we're so happy that you have chosen to come our way and to spend these moments together uh, worshiping with us. So uh, welcome. We're glad that you are here. Let me make you as a congregation aware of an announcement that is a little bit out there now, still a ways away, but it's October the 14th through the 17th. You need to start saving that date. That's the dates for our lectureship. Last year, we had to cancel it because of the pandemic. Well, this year, we're going to have our lectureship, and it's the, the theme is there is no proof of God which actually it means the opposite. And so we're going to be talking about evidences, and we're having 10 incredible speakers that are going to be coming and speaking to us, one lesson after another for 23 lessons on how you can be confident there is a God and that he has our best interest at heart. And then you might also recall that I've mentioned to you several weeks that because of the pandemic, our Mountain States Children's Home mission that we do with our teenagers and a number of adults usually involves over 30 people in it. Well, we had to cancel that. And so in his place, we're going to do a Treasure Valley mission on June the 17th through the 19th. And I've asked if uh, Jared will come up here and share with you some about that, that work itself that's going to happen this next week. So, Jared. And let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. This coming Thursday and Friday, we're going to be getting together and uh, doing various service projects and work projects in, here at the building and in the community. And if you would like to be a part of that, just see me afterwards or send me a text or an email, and I'll, I'll get you plugged in somewhere. We've got several things that we're doing here at the building, uh, dressing up the landscaping and, and cleaning up the back uh, property line of the fence there, doing some painting in the building. And then we also have some folks that we're helping in our congregation, but also some folks that are neighbors of members in our congregation. And a lot of that is uh, doing some mowing and weed eating and, and pulling weeds and stuff and just helping out uh, members of the congregation and also members of the community. So if you'd like to be a part of that, it's not just a teenager thing. Uh, it can also be for our adults as well. So see me afterwards or send me an email or a text. Jared? And listen, there's a, I've seen the list, and there's a lot of things and a lot of work to be done. And so all the people who can possibly do that and volunteer for that, then let me encourage you to certainly participate in this incredible mission work that's going to serve as well as a congregation as well as our uh, community. So Brandon kind of let the cat out of the bag. Last Monday morning, he called me up. He was wanting to get a head start on his song service and the songs that he was going to select. And he says, so what are you preaching about? And so I texted him back and said, well, okay, let me think about that. And then I wrote back and says, well, it surrounds garbage, but I'm not sure what songs are going to fit into that, because I don't know how many songs is in the church that you can sing about garbage. I know there's songs, you know, in the secular world that are pretty garbagey, but when you try to find a list in the song list, well, there's not a lot of songs on garbage. And so generally when you get to that point, which I usually tell song leaders who call me and ask me, what are you going to be preaching this coming weekend, which they always do, 
I just say, well, listen, uh, praise songs, you, you never can beat them. Songs about God, songs about Jesus that upsells him and exalts him, that encourages one another. Those are always great songs, and so that would be what you ought to probably do. And, and that, of course, is what he did. Well, I told him it was about garbage because about three weeks ago, I shared with you a lesson that I called surrendering your bag or surrendering your garbage. And what I did was that I used garbage as an analogy to talk about the sins that oftentimes we accumulate in our lives that we need to get rid of and that Jesus is the only one that is able to take care of those things or that, that, that garbage that sometimes we have in our lives that we have accumulated. And then the next week, I talked to you about staying up in a down world. And in that section of scripture, I talked about the garbage in life that oftentimes gets dumped on us. We don't ask for it, but nevertheless, it gets dumped on us. And sometimes it's because of hard and difficult circumstances that we have to face in life. And sometimes it's because of unreasonable people come into our lives. And when they come into our lives, they can dump a lot of their attitude upon us. And the result of hard circumstances and difficult people is, is it can cause us to be concerned or wonder about what our future is about. Well, Paul, we said, you know, he had the answer to that. And so we looked at some of the things that Paul had to say about how to overcome our circumstances and how to overcome the various people that come into our lives that are negative and how to have a bright uh, future. And so we looked at Philippians 1 to come to those, those teachings. That gets us to our sermon this morning that I've entitled G-I-G-O. I know it sounds kind of weird, to think about having a mini-series on garbage, okay? But I have some more garbage for you to think about this morning. So G-I-G-O, so what does that exactly mean? Well, I bounced this by Gary Engel, and Gary Engel, he's kind of a computer guy, and, and I said, well, my sermon is on G-I-G-O, and he goes, what's that? Uh, oh, no, okay, because this is a computer guy, and all computer guys understand that G-I-G-O is really computerese that stands for garbage in, garbage out. And what that means is that when you talk about computers, computers are not thinkers. Computers don't think things. All the computers do is they accept whatever you type or program into the system. As a result of that is if you, you know, if you program garbage into a computer, then it's going to spit garbage out. On the other hand, if you put good stuff into the computer, it's going to put good stuff out. So this G-I-G-O is something that I think is relevant even to us. Now, the first time I ever even heard this word G-I-G-O was in a sermon that a fellow by the name of Marvin Phillips preached. I think it was somewhere around the mid-70s, but he preached this sermon, and then he talked about garbage in, garbage out, and he wasn't talking about computers. Back, back then, you know, most people, it wasn't a common thing to have a computer in your home in the, in the first place, but he talked about this G-I-G-O, and what he was talking about, he was talking about the things that Christians allow to come into their lives that are sometimes they are good things, but oftentimes they are bad things. And because we put garbage in, the result of that is that we end up putting garbage out in our lives. But what I would like to do this morning is I would like to kind of maybe throw a twist to this idea of G-I-G-O and say to you that maybe the acronym that we as Christians should have should maybe be this, good in and good out, or God in and God out. And I think it really is biblical because when you get into the scriptures and you start to examine them, several things I think come to the front, and that is one, is that Jesus, he talks about the things that we put in our lives as well as the things that go out, and he talks about it in both the positive and in the negative. And Paul the Apostle, he does the exact same thing. 
he talks about things that are really a part of who we are that sometimes can be good and sometimes they can be garbage. And so G.I.G.O. holds true, and it holds true whether you're talking about moral things or whether you're talking about spirituality or whether you're talking about the mental things or physicality. It talks, you know, G.I.G.O., garbage in, garbage out, fits into all those things. Good in and good out fits to all those things and to a very large extent, we have a lot of control in the G.I.G.O. We have choices when it comes to how we address those things. For instance, with Paul, he says in Galatians 6 and verses 7 through 9, he says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever man sows, that will he also reap. For one who sows in his own flesh is from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows in the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And then as Jared said, let us not grow weary in doing good. So when you look at that passage of Scripture, you find that, listen, if you sow discord, well, then you're going to have dissension. You'll have just a crop of dissension. If you sow discord within a congregation or within a workplace or among friends, then that's what you're going to have. If you sow seeds of lust, then you're going to have a crop of immorality. Conversely, if you sow seeds of Scripture, that is God's Word being taken into your life, there's going to be a harvest. And part of that harvest is going to be the salvation of our souls. But more than just that, it's going to have a lot to do with the things that we put inside us in terms of the fruit of the Spirit that comes out of us. Hence, you have good in and good out. God is one who inspects our G.I.G.O. He is very aware of what's going on in our lives. Earlier this morning in our class, the very last statement that was spoken was by Vicki Clark, and she got all over this passage of Scripture in Luke, the sixth chapter. So if you open your Bibles to that section of Scripture, that would be a really good thing. Luke chapter 6. And I want you to notice what Jesus says in verse 43, because he talks about G-I-G-O here. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they pick up grapes from a briar bush. So he talks about some things here, and what he says is that God looks at the things that we say. Look at verse 45. The good man out of his good treasure of his heart brings forth what is good. The evil man out of his evil treasure, that's garbage, brings forth what is evil. For with the mouth he speaks from that which is fills with his heart. Underline with the mouth he speaks. Our mouth reveals what is in our heart. It reveals what we are taking into our lives. Whether it's good or whether it's garbage, it is revealed by the things that we talk about in, in life. He looks at what we do. Look at verse 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? So he looks at the things that we do as, as well. And so when you bring these two together, what you have is this. What you say and what you do really is a reflection of what is inside of you. The good man brings good things out of a good stored up in his heart, and evil man brings out evil things that are evil stored up in his heart. It can be garbage in and garbage out, or it can be good in or good out. So those things are part of who we are and what we are and what makes us up. So going back to the computer analogy, if you 
program or if you type in data that is garbage, that's stupid, then that's what you're going to get out of it. If you put in things that are good, that's what you're going to get out of it. The difference between a computer and you is this. A computer cannot think for itself. It has to have a human to do that for them. You, on the other hand, are a thinker. You, are the, on the other hand, are one who can reason and rationalize things out when you look at what is good and what is bad. And so our lives should be filled with good. And that happens best when our lives are filled with God. God in, God out. Or the Spirit of God in, or and then hence the Spirit of God that comes out of us. So here's a question that probably is maybe circling around your mind a little bit, and that's this. How do I know if I'm filled with the Spirit of, of God? A great question. How do I know that? How am I able to come to that understanding? Well, the way you know is that you'll start showing the fruit of his being being inside of you. You're taking in good things from the Spirit of God, and it's helping you out. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 26. Well, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, Paul says, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have crucified have crucified the, the flesh. Those who belong to Christ uh, have got rid of the passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, he says, let us then keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, or envying each other. That section of Scripture lays out some things for us. As Larry Johnson likes to do when he is teaching his cl class, he'll say, time for a pop quiz. So let's do a pop quiz. Are we downloading good or are we downloading garbage in our lives? Several questions for you to think about as you think about Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. In the past four weeks, have you been showing a love for each other? Have you been doing that? In the past four weeks, have you been trying to create an atmosphere of joy in the church? Have you been promoting peace here? Have you been patient with one another? Are you showing kindness? Are you being gentle? Have you practiced, practiced self-control with your attitude, with your tongue, with your actions? You get what I'm saying? So how are you doing in those things? On the other hand, let's continue to pop quiz, and now let's talk about you know, some maybe garbagey things that we might have ourselves running into. Look at chapter 5, if you will, of Galatians. Galatians chapter 5. And I want you to notice what Paul says in verse 19. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envyings, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, which means that the list is not complete, Things like these, of which I forewarned you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of, of God. So he talks about the garbage of flesh that can easily come out of us. And there's a fairly lengthy list there. But what about these things here? Are we, you know, intaking and then putting out hatred or discord or jealousy 
or fits of rage or selfish ambition or dissensions or, or factions. Those are some really scary things, and they're scary because of the warning that Paul gives us. He says those who practice those things, those who allow those things to become a part of their mind and their words and their actions, he says they're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Now, that should shake us right down to the soles of our feet. I mean, it should really cause us to, to stop and think, listen, am I putting out good stuff and bringing in good stuff and putting out good stuff, or am I bringing in garbage and putting out garbage in my life? So I think what Jesus is trying to say to us in, in Luke 6 is that God expects the fruit of Galatians chapter 5 to be in each of us. He expects us to show love to each other. He expects us to create an atmosphere of joy around us. He expects us to promote peace. He expects us to be kind and gentle and self-controlled. He expects that of us. Why is it? Because God is a fruit inspector. God is the one who looks into our, our lives. God reads our Facebook. Now, Facebook is just an analogy here, okay? So I'm not picking on Facebook people. I'm just talking about social types of, of, of sharing. That can be TikTok, that can be Instagram, that can be almost any of those kinds of social networking. But God knows what has been put there, and not only does he know that, but so do others. Your Facebook becomes a part of your public record. just want you to think about that. Everything you do in life becomes a part of a public record that God is able to see. I wish there was a, a warning that should be on most of those type of social networking pages that said something like this. Caution. Do you really want to do this? Think about any comments you are going to make before they become a matter of public record. Because they are. Once you put it in there, they are there. You can delete your stuff, but it could still be on their feed. So think about those kinds of things. Think once before you act, twice before you speak, three times before you post on Facebook. So warning, your posts and your comments become a matter of public record. That means your names are attached to your comments. You're not anonymous. Uh, your words can uh, reveal a lot what's in your life. And I think that's what God is trying to say to us this morning through what Jesus has said to us and through what Paul has said to us. Understand, I understand what the context of Galatians 6 is. But there's a timeless principle there, and the timeless principle there is whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. That's what you're going to get back. If you sow garbage, you're going to get garbage in your life. If you sow good, you're going to get good in your life. If you are one who puts God in, then God can't help but be revealed in our lives as he comes out of each and every one of us. So God is telling us exactly the same thing. Just as our Facebook page becomes a matter of public record, so does our G-I-G-O. So let's talk now for just a few moments about filling our life with God. Open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. John read that to us just a few moments ago, okay? And in that section of Scripture, he says some things to us about filling our, our life with God. And he starts off by saying, listen, do not be unwise, but be wise. Be wise. Understand that you're living in the days of, of evil. Evil is just around us. If you look around, you'll see a lot of people around us that can be very mean. Uh, they're very unkind. 
they are less than humble. They can be very direct and hurtful. And what Paul is saying is, is don't be one of them. Don't be like those who are around you. You need to be different. And then he says, understand what the will of the Lord is there. Well, what is the will of the Lord? Well, Hebrews, the fifth chapter, in verse 14, actually starts up in verse 12. There, the writer of Hebrews says, you know, I, there's some things I need to tell you concerning Melchizedek and his connection with Jesus, but you become really dull of hearing, and you need someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God, and you are in need of eating, drinking milk and not solid food. Why? Because verse 14 says, those who are mature have trained their senses to eat solid food, and they're able to distinguish between good and garbage. They're able to understand between that which is good and that which is evil. And so the way we understand what the will of God is, is you've got to know what God thinks about. And the only way you can know what God thinks about is the medium of the Holy Spirit, his word, that tells you the mind, the will, and the intentions of God for your, your life. Well, but there's other ways to understand. How do you know uh, what God's will is for my life? Well, be filled with the right kind of spirit. That's important. Look at verse 18. He says, Do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Well, okay, so you're, you need to be filled with the right kind of Spirit. Some fill their spirits with alcohol. And that's garbage. It's not a good thing, is what he's saying there. Those who get drunk with alcohol... It leads them to a lot of things that are not good. And what he says, it leads to a life of dissipation. I think some of your, your verses say debauchery. But in the end, what it says is that you're going to lack salvation. And so he's saying, you need to be filled with the right kind of spirit. So he goes on to say, we need to be filled with the spirit or the Holy Spirit. What leads us always to that which is good. And so when you talk about living a spirit-filled life, you know, what does that look like? Well, it looks like what you are storing up in your heart. Same thing that Jesus said. What is in your heart? Because what is in your heart is revealed to others in the things that you say and the things that you do in your life. And one of the first things he says, which I found to be interesting, he says, uh, is that of, of music. Do not be drunk with wine. That leads to debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another in psalms and hymns. And spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord, or music in your hearts to the, the Lord. Someone have said this, that music is the language of the soul, or the language of the heart. Music sometimes speaks of things that we can always articulate when we're sitting down and just speaking to one another or talking with one another. But there's something about songs that have a huge communication thing that is really really positive, and that is, is really good. And so music really does say a lot about who we are, which also says about the kind of music that we listen to. Remember, the evil man brings in evil things, and he stores them in his heart. There was some research done. Granted, it's a little bit old, 2005, but they did some research where they looked at the lyrics of the top 279 songs. And, and they found that, number one, that nearly 80% of rap songs contain references to illicit drugs, alcohol, and tobacco followed by country music, 37%, followed by R&B, 20%, rock, 14%, pop, 9%. And they don't say anything whatsoever. They didn't ask anything about immorality or illicit sex because if they did, that thing would go through the roof. 
There are songs that I've listened to on the radio that are of a, a pop nature, and as I listen to those songs, or a rock nature, and as I listen to those songs, sometimes I get so much into the melody and some of those things that I don't always listen to the words, but sometimes I stop and I listen to the words. And there are songs out there by some artists that I really like that are really illicit, really sexual, really sensual. You cannot keep putting that stuff into your head without it becoming a part of who you are. No, look at Richard. We're just listening to the stuff. It doesn't mean that we're going to be like that. No, it green lights that stuff. Because what that music's saying is that that stuff is all right. That stuff is proper. That pro stuff is acceptable in the world in which you, you live. Because some of those songs go all the way to number one, and they're not good songs. And so all I'm saying is that garbage in, garbage out. If you put evil music in, the effect is going, it's going to affect your heart. But if you fill your heart with songs that glorify God, that, that changes things. And not only that, it changes me. Good in, good out. All of you are familiar with this scene behind me. It's found over in Philippians, the sixth, or the, Acts, Acts, the 16th chapter. It's where Paul has been preaching the good news to heal a woman who is demon-possessed. And the crowd, they hate it that he's done that. And so they're attacked by a mob. They are, they are beaten with rods. I mean, seriously beaten with rods. They're taken and they're thrown into jail. And they clasp their legs in stocks. And what we read as we're going down through that section is it says that Paul and Silas, around midnight, are singing. They're singing and they're praying. Question, what did Paul and Silas have to sing about? They've been doing good, and now they're mobbed, they're beaten, and they're thrown in jail, and their feet are in stocks. What did they have to sing about? And the answer is Jesus. He said, that's, that's you know, Okay, that's a fuzzy squirrel answer. But that's what they had to do. They sang about Jesus. You remember last week when Dean Miller, our guest speaker, was here and he was doing our, widowship, our widowhood, uh, widow and widowhood workshop? And he used this section of Scripture and he asked this question. If you were in Paul's and Silas' place, what would you do? And I used to wonder about that. I used to wonder, if I was in Paul inside this place what would I do if I just got beaten up and was thrown in jail and, sh and shackled like that what would I do and as I sat there almost where Dave Hornsby is right now as I, as I sat there it hit me almost like a, a a lightning strike I was struck with how I would do that and my answer is is that I think we would all do the same he said, no, we wouldn't, Richard. If we got done like that, we wouldn't do like that. Yes, we would. What's your evidence that we would? Because I have gathered around a graveyard where we're burying a loved one. I have preached lots of funerals and memorials where I look out at the crowd and hearts are out there and they're absolutely broken. Their hearts are beaten up. They're broken, and they're chained to their grief. And in those moments, we've all been there. In those moments, we've laid to, to rest my father, or my brother, or my mother, or my sister. 
my grandparent or my husband or my wife, my sibling. We've all laid to rest those that we love dear, and in those moments we feel broken inside. We feel chained to our grief, and we want, how do we get out of it? What do we do? We sing. What do we, what do we sing about? We sing about Jesus. Why do we sing about Jesus? Because in him we have hope beyond the jail cell of emotion in the grave, and beyond this life. We do. We get beaten up and crushed, and yet we sing. And what do we sing about? We sing about our hope that lies in Jesus Christ. That's why music is so important. So when Paul says, be filled with the Spirit, here's how you do it. You speak to one another psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing it and make it music in your hearts to the Lord. It becomes a huge moment of relief. And strength it changes it changes me in huge kinds of ways second we fill our hearts with thanksgiving always give thanks to god the father for everything in the name of the lord jesus christ there's reason why people in the world are depressed there's reason why people some people in the world can't sleep at night there's reasons why many face each day with a lack of of hope and i think the reason is is that they're not thankful people they spend their time thinking about what they don't have rather than what they do have. And I'm convinced of this, that you have a lot more than what you don't have. You have a lot of, of blessings. When you stop and you count your blessings and you begin to name them one by one, well, you'll be surprised what the Lord's done. Because the good far outweighs the garbage in our lives. But you got to stop sometimes and you have to reframe and refocus to get there and to see that. Being thankful. Submit to one another. Verse 21 says that. Jared was all over this this morning and did a lot, more, a lot better job than I am going to be able to do now. But he had a lot more time to do it. So. But listen to what he said. Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4. Do nothing now of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each one of you should look not only at your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Being willing to help each other. So why are some people evil? Some people are evil just because of the stuff they take into their lives. And, and the things that they take into their lives is just sometimes a lot of garbage. And it's because they only care about themselves. They're only interested in themselves is what's going to get them ahead or helps move them forward it's what they want not what you want or what you need it's about them it's a lot of you me myself and i and yet jesus says if you want to be great in the kingdom you need to be a servant if you want to be great you need to put others ahead of yourself you need to think of others interests and not only of your own interests so being able to submit to one Another. So the sum of this is, is when you talk about bearing the fruit of God's spirit in our, our own lives, then I think we need to fill ourselves, one, with the right kind of music, with the right attitudes, and with the right humility to serve others. And those are not my words. Paul said it. Jesus affirms it in so many great ways. G-I-G-O. You get to choose. 
you get to choose what you want to do with that. You can put garbage in and garbage out, or you can put good in and good out, or you can even better than that, you can put God in, and God comes out. And what comes out when God's in your life is always going to be good. So we've been talking about being filled with the Spirit of God. How does that begin? You're saying, well, Richard, I've already done that. I've already done that. The Spirit always, already lives within me. Well, what about those who haven't? What about those of you who haven't done that? There's a reason why on the day of Pentecost, when, the Peter, when Peter was preaching that first sermon and, and the people asked him, you know, what should we do? Their G.I.G.O. wasn't so great. What should we do? And Peter said, repent and let each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive what? The gift of the Holy Spirit. It never comes before that. Getting Jesus in your life, getting God in your life, getting the Spirit in your life begins with your obedience to the will of, of God. So if you haven't done that this morning, then let me ask you to really seriously think about that. What Jesus is asking us to do, what Paul is asking us to do, is just to be honest with ourselves and to seriously think, seriously think about the things that, we, that come into our lives, two gateways. One is our eyes, and the other is our ears. And it's demonstrated by our obedience to God's will and God's word. And so I'd encourage you to do so or do the same. Well, together we stand and sing and give you opportunity.